So here we are once again with another Overnight Escape Central. Yeah, and thanks for listening. Thanks for patching in, tuning in, joining us. That's right, us. At least thus far, we have Chad Bowers, Frank Edward Nor, and myself. And we're going to talk about what we are listening to because uh, we do this now and then. And of course, if you expect people to listen to you, it's fair enough to share what one is listening to. And uh, yeah, I, I, I like when you listen to me. I, I, I appreciate it. it. It's like humoring the crazy old man, which is basically what it is anymore at this point. Yes, when I started working this overnight scape central some, what, uh, 13 years ago now, I was still, uh, there was still a spark of youth and enthusiasm. Now I've just got a little enthusiasm and I am a uh, cranky, uh, unusually spaced out old man, uh, especially since I was more, it's almost as if I was more functional when I was dysfunctional, but I know that's some sort of illusion and uh, I will not succumb to that illusion and uh, do some experiments. Uh, we're, we're, we're clean. That's right. I am clean. In fact, freshly showered and ready to bring you this episode of the Overnightscape Central. Perhaps a relic of the past, perhaps very soon to be uh, going on a sabbatical or maybe even ending or changing. But right now we're clinging to our old format here. And uh, you will be invited at the end of this show to participate in next week's show. And I really, uh, I'd appreciate it if some new people, some listeners would join us. But uh, we have, like I say, we now have the exit ramp, which gives people a chance to not only have their say on a variety of topics in real time, but instant response as opposed to just this cranky old river uh, making oddball comments and what have you. But as I said, we've got Chad Bowers. He's going to tell us what he's been listening to in a moment. And then we'll have Frank Edward Nora. And you never know. Uh, usually Doc Slees manages to slip something in during those festivities. So we will see what happens with that. But uh, without further ado, let us jump right in and listen to Chad Bowers from that incredible True Facts of Space studio. What you listening to, Chad? You're playing your music right through the, uh, the cassette tape. One head laying it down on the other. I call that docking in the NASA parlance. What is that? We got some more history here coming up. But telling my grandfather about Echo and the Bunny Men and playing that album for him on the on the stereo in the den of the bands I liked. He uh, he went for them. At the time, I was really into uh, Madness and The Cure, uh, The Damned. So pretty much the same thing I listen to now. Uh, Wait for the Blackout by The Damned. Oh, I love that. Drugs by The Talking Heads. Garbage Men by The Cramps. Helicopter by XTC. She's like heroin to me. Listen to a lot of music in the car. I get a lot of that uh, 
Apple Music. I was getting a lot of it for free because I, uh, I bought a phone and then my wife's phone and you know, laptops for for her and uh, myself and anyway, you end up with like three free months every time you uh, you do that. But it's been uh, very liberating from having uh, hundreds of cassette tapes in my car. You know, hundreds of cassette tapes and little brown vinyl wrap briefcases. Unlock them, open it up, and uh, it's kind of like that scene in Pulp Fiction with the gold, but it's just land of cassette tapes. I remember when uh, my first car got the CD player. Now that would have been... Hmm. Yeah, that would have been one of those little CD players that had a wire coming out of it. And then you connect the wire that's coming out of it to this uh, plastic thing that looks just like a cassette tape. And then you put it in your cassette tape player and it's basically going right to the playhead. And rather than magnetic tape with the symbols coming across that playhead from left to right. Well, this head is feeding uh, that same information, but just from another head. Except for they're putting electricity into it, I imagine, to create a positive version. Uh, in my imagination, I'm thinking of what's on the tape as some type of negative of the music. Looking at uh, my Apple Music, let's... Uh, Take a look at a few songs I've enjoyed. This is, uh, it doesn't look like the, the history goes too far back, but I guess this is the uh, last uh, week or so. Uh, the album 12XU from Wire, uh, Arabian Nights, uh, Susie and the Banshees, Temptation, 7-inch version by New Order, Jumping Someone Else's Train by The Cure. Ether, 2021 remaster of Gang of Four. Dog Eat Dog, Eat Dog a remastered version of Adam and the Ants, original release. Fiery Jack by The Fall. The Cutter by Echo and the Bunnymen. Echo and the Bunnymen always makes me, uh, not always, but very often, it gives me a memory of my grandfather. This was early college years from me, and my grandfather from Connecticut had been very sick, and he had come down for a heart operation. And it was one of those situations where he couldn't really go home till he got well enough to be away from these doctors and specialists that had you know, managed to kind of put him back together, so. That summer was uh, really cool, though, because I, I got to hang out with him every day. Got him to watch Chips with me. He uh, he had never watched Chips, you know, in the in 1970s, because, ah, it's just some of that new bullshit, you know, and you know, cops don't act like that, and, you know. It, it, it's probably just too foreign, you know, but... 
but here in that many years later, I realize, yeah, he's probably open to it. And he realized it was a great show. And we watched Chips every day of that summer, practically. And I made him a sandwich and often some type of soup uh, or peanut butter and crackers or uh, leftovers or, you know, I basically... Uh, got a chance to really bond with him because he needed me to take care of him during the day. He couldn't, you know, get up and fix something for lunch and that sort of stuff. So we got to hang out and, uh, and watch a lot of cool TV, and I got to play my music that I liked. At the time, these were vinyl albums played on my father's Craig stereo system. Uh, awesome 70s stereo that I wish I had today, but... I just had that big, beautiful green glow of the uh, left and right meters that would move, you know, just really sensitive meters, very precise. You know, something about meters. Perhaps there's nothing like uh, the meters on a Macintosh power amplifier, the way those dance and they're grand font and design and color yeah those are those are some beautiful beautiful needles i saw a car that came with that you could you could have that as an option on the stereo bouncing along with the uh, with your music and it also came with one of those kind of ultimate stereo packages but man that, that car was too damn expensive that's crazy you know I don't want a car that expensive. I I like having Hondas. I think with a with a Honda you've got as nice of a car as anybody needs, and uh, you know it's more affordable to take care of. It lasts longer. It doesn't have as many issues. You know what's not to like? It's just a, a recommended thing. But one of those modern stereo systems with 17 speakers and. Uh, you know, a couple subwoofers hidden in the uh, rear view mirror, the flaps that you fold down to block the light, the big grab handles that you grab onto to close the uh, red plush velour doors of the, your uh, Delta 98. So this device you put in there, and and I like all kinds of music. I've been enjoying this Apple Music program. I noticed they had my uh, listening history in here, but unfortunately, it does not go back as far as you would hope. Uh, it seems like it only goes back about a week or so, but I've got some music from Wire, uh, the album 12XU, Susie and the Banshees, uh, Arabian Nights 12-inch version, uh, Jumping Someone Else's Train by The Cure, Ether, Gang of Four, Dog Eat Dog, Adam and the Ants, Fiery Jack from the Fall, Drugs, Talking Heads, Helicopter by XTC, She's Like Heroin to Me, The Gun Club, Jeffrey Lee Pierce, one of my uh, all-time favorites, right up there with The Damned and The Cure.
I like bands with the in their name. The Cure, the Damned, the Sisters of Mercy. Uh, yeah, the something about that. Uh, Dark Entries, Bauhaus, Dreams Never End uh, by New Order. That is one of my favorite songs. Chronologically, I don't know. I don't know if it makes any sense or not, but in my mind, when I listen to this song, the whole intro to this song is Joy Division. And I can just feel the emotional weight, right? It's, uh, and I, I'm imagining all this. I, I've never heard uh, Bernard Summer or... Uh, oh, man. What's the guy? Cook? I've never heard Hook. I've never heard them talk about uh, this song being representative of anything about this transition from Joy Division to, to New Order, you know, the kind of picking up the pieces after their friend uh, had committed suicide. And, but it, I hear it in this song. It'll just check it out. Check out the first, uh, I don't know, 20, 30 seconds of it, and then uh, and just see stylistically if that does something in your mind to make you feel that uh, Joy Division's turning a page, and then there's this new beat. Uh, new Town, The Slits, Albatross by Public Image Limited, another favorite. You know, all these songs are... <laughs> I think that's the problem with something like Apple Music, is that uh, by nature of the fact that you're summoning songs, you know, as they appear in your head, uh, they all... Uh, have a high likelihood of being your favorite. 30 Seconds Over Tokyo, uh, Para Ubu, Breaking My Heart, Tom Verlaine, Soldier Soldier by Sizen Nergy, Feel the Pain by The Damned, Machine Gun Etiquette by The Damned, Born to Kill, New Rose, Neat, 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 Stab Your Back, Sanctum Sectorum, Shadow of Love, Nasty Roderick, Dulcicorum, Antipope, Leader of the Gang, Ignite, Love Song, Standing on the Edge of Tomorrow. Check out that song. Uh, that's one of their newer songs, and um, but one of uh, the newer songs that really caught me quickly. I, I just I loved it from the first time I heard it. There Ain't No Sanity Clause, uh, My Love, Life, Morrissey, Disappointed, Spent the Day in Bed, Piccadilly Parlor, Sister, I'm Your Poet, Sing Your Life, We'll Let You Know, First of the Gang to Die, Lucky Lisp, Back on the Chain Gang, that's a good cover, We'll Never Marry, Piccadilly Parlor, Arcade Fire, Wake Up, Put Your Money on Me, Sprawl 2, Keep the Car Running, I like that song, Sprawl 2, it's really, really nice to... Uh, Think of just those lyrics are, are so wonderful. The dead shopping malls sprawl like mountains upon mountains, and there's no end in sight. Creature comfort, everything now, everything now remix. Electric blue, infinite content. Electric Blue again, We Don't Deserve Love, Everything Now. Gravity Rides Everything, Modest Mouse, Don't Swallow the Cap, The National. Green Gloves, The National. Better Than You, The Swans. 
electric lash the church, tantalize the church, uh, almost with you, no explanation, the hypnagogue, space savior, a strange past, day five, a new season, no other you, uh, all by the church. On tour now, in fact, fantastic version of the band. The Fire of Love from the Gun Club. My Dreams from the Gun Club, all of these. Yellow Eyes, Moonlight Motel, My Man's Gone Now, The Breaking Hands. The Breaking Hands is uh, just paints pictures in my mind. Uh, I think some of the lines about Japan really just sort of uh, hit me. The Bill Bailey, Thunderhead, uh, Lupita Screams, Yellow Eyes, The Breaking Hands, Remastered, Araby Hearts, Remastered, My Cousin Kim, Port of Souls, The Breaking Hands, Nobody's Business, Hearts, Bill Bailey, Texas Serenade. Uh, anyway, all of that kind of repeats again. Then uh, Texas Serenade, Preaching the Blues. Anyway, this this is quite a tear. I, I went through uh, Mother Juno. I went through Miami, um, Fire of Love. So uh, yeah, we we kind of spent spent an afternoon with our friends there. The whistleblowers, Leibach or Leibash, but I prefer Leibach. It just works better for my mind. God is God, Leibach. The Sound of Music, 16 Going on 17, Sympathy for the Devil. Ooh, that's so good. All those, there's like four or five different wonderful remixes on that album of uh, remixes called Sympathy for the Devil. Some Sisters of Mercy went through the Floodland album, uh, Vision Thing. Gallo Dance from Lebanon, Hanover, Sadness is Rebellion. Uh, some Kalen Mikla. Oh, yes, music. Especially to, it's a whole other world, like Chad was saying. I mean, I too, I had the giant hefty bag filled with cassettes that weren't even in cases anymore. And my listening would be just randomly picking stuff out and listening to a little. And, you know, with my ever present short attention span, it's just one tape after another, a few songs here, fast forward to that. And, and interestingly, we have some very similar tastes. I mean, the Public Image second album, Albatross, uh, to John Lydon, was just so integral to my young listening. I mean, in the 80s, at first, I was this pop guy. And somehow or other, uh, a friend in college, who I've mentioned in the past, uh, Ray Morgans, the late, great Ray Morgans, converted me somehow and actually made me disdain for a number of years a lot of things that I've come back to like. I don't know what happens, the influence of people. And apparently I am finding out I am very influenceable. Generally speaking, at any given time in my existence, I have some sort of mentor or guide. And I tend to, yeah, uh, certain things I kind of hang on to and certain things they insist are great. I think, man, I don't know. Uh, and, and like Zappa, no matter what, even when I, when I was a punk rocker, I listened to Zappa. When I was a prog rocker, I listened to Zappa. 
no matter what, the people like Frank Zappa always stuck with me, which is why I guess I have such a love for him. But there was even a time when I would, yeah, okay, the Beatles, they're okay. But to actively put them on, no, 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 no. And, and, and yeah, Chad's mentioning bands like Para Ubu. Oh, man, for a little while there, they were just such a great thing for me to be listening to. Uh, the Drugs, what a track by the Talking Heads from that Fear of Music album that changed everything. I mean, they were new wave and bouncy and, you know, more songs about building and food. And then out of the blue was this black album cover. Yeah, this was the days when I bought stuff on vinyl. And this, like, one-foot square thing with, like, the die-cut design and black. And all the songs on it sounded dark and mysterious. And, yeah, listening to Public Image at that time and the Flowers of Romance album... All these things. But what am I listening to today? Musically, not a heck of a lot. I mean, my friends from Europe uh, did, uh, send me some very interesting things. And having Spotify makes it so like all this random stuff can be played. And now that I have it all at my fingertips and instant access, it seems like the easier it is to listen to these things, the more I go digging for something more obscure. I've been mostly listening to podcasts, uh, especially. I keep going back to Gilbert Gottfried's amazing colossal podcast, which is something I hope someday somebody picks up on because he was getting, well, I don't know. It's kind of like what I feel like I'm doing. I'm nostalgic for these things that most people under my age, I mean, if you're 10 years younger than me, even Frank Edward Nora, a lot of the things I remember, either he only vaguely remembers or doesn't at all and doesn't know about them. And I don't know where I got this fixation for old time radio, but I think that is a listening thing that is slowly, in fact, quickly fading. Uh, I try to get younger people interested in it, and it just requires a different kind of concentration and interest, and it's not as contemporary and biting. Everything's kind of soft sell. Uh, the jokes have way too many references to things that no longer exist. I mean, it's like the sound of a real telephone ringing. The phonographs well phonographs came back a little but there are so many references to things that no longer resonate um well let's see some of the things i have been listening to and oddly enough until recently and now it's getting tricky but uh youtube used to be a great place to listen to podcasts especially if you had the ad block in like opera browser but now YouTube has finally gotten good and disgusted, and they are just glomming ads everywhere. They're not just at the beginning of things. You're listening to something, you're getting into the vibe of it, and all of a sudden there's an ad in the middle, and then you figure, okay, we'll get rid of this ad. And a few minutes later, it's another ad. Um, some of the things I like to listen to 
uh, F4W, Figure 4 Wrestling Site, has uh, programs that do these retro wrestling reviews. The old stuff from the old Raw, Nitro, uh, even some old WCW from before that. The earlier Impact Wrestling. And Brian and Vinny do these bombastic, really good reviews. And I don't know, this is something that's very specialized and I don't think too many people have this nostalgia for professional wrestling like I do. But for some reason, I listen to a lot of those late at night when I'm sleeping or not sleeping is a background noise. Um, I will also listen to Gene Shepard shows. Uh, I've, I've gone through the Gene Shepard catalog any number of times and there are a few new ones that pop up now and then if you go to the Shep Lives site um, Max Schmid who does a, a couple of different radio shows on public radio and the internet is well he was the Gene Shepard tape guy for so many years and I guess uh, I was just recently in touch with him and that he had he closed up his site that is no longer. So I don't know, is Gene Shepard also fading away into obscurity and we are the last remaining? I mean, that are there no new Gene Shepard fans? And there's a guy named Dapper Gent on YouTube. Although Dapper Gent, let's take a look. How many people are actually listening to these? Yeah, I mean, some of them have as many as a thousand views, but the average one has about 500 views, which is still sizable. I don't think 500 people listen, say, to the Overnightscape Central at any given time, but that's over about two weeks. So there are this handful of Gene Shepard listeners, and who knows how many of these are just people fishing through, And but it's really... I mean, when you talk about a country, let's just talk about the end, but there's 200 some odd million people here and 500 of them still listen to Gene Shepard. That's really, and I listen to a lot of audio books on YouTube and on archive.org and a lot of old time radio. Right now I'm listening to single episodes of the CBS radio workshop, which I've played some on various shows. It was a kind of experimental audio journey each and every week on CBS with some interesting experimental writers and sound effects and different kinds of shows. Um, and, and I like the scary stuff, uh, the lights out, um, suspense, quiet, please. A lot of the stuff that I play on the Big Appreciation Showcase and then I used to play on, say, the Quake Reversal Satellite or Night Project. Um, I'm still listening to all of that. And I, there are a lot of documentaries that they put on. Well, R. Crumb's Sweet Shellac series, which is on YouTube, plays a lot of that old record, old blues stuff that I like. So I can recommend that. And uh, yeah, like I say, the amazing Colossal Podcast is just a marvelous thing. And the interviews, uh, I know Van Skyver did an interview with a fellow who wrote about Percy Crosby and his Skippy strip, which is a great story. I mean, Percy Crosby did this comic strip back in the 20s 
30s, I think all the way into the 50s almost, with this, uh, it was like Charlie Brown, this uh, character named Skippy and all his kid pals. And unfortunately, Percy just got a little too big and a little too strange as he got older, and he got into politics, apparently pissed off FDR, and FDR was mad at him, and he sicked the IRS on him, and he Skippy was originally licensed out, and Skippy Peanut Butter became popular using it, and that led to a bunch of lawsuits, and Percy Crosby, somehow or other, his daughter says he was railroaded in, spent the last like 20 years of his life locked up in a mental institution. So Percy Crosby and Skippy is something you might want to look up there. I'm still listening to the Over the Edge shows, Don Joyce's amazing show. Of, and they're on archive.org, and I think they're also on the Negative Land site. These are genuinely real treasures. Uh, there's something called the Disco Graffiti Podcast, where a group of guys go through a discography of bands like Roxy Music or Electric Light Orchestra, album by album, analyzing and talking about it. I like that kind of thing. And um, these are the sort of things, uh, and I'll come up with some more, but uh, let's take a look here. Did Doc Slees manage? No, no, I, at least as of now, maybe after Frank Edward Nora. But it is time now. That's right. This is the one you wait for each and every week. I know you do, because uh, we all do. Frank Edward Nora, our leader here on the Overnight Scape Underground, each and every week manages to somehow contribute to this show. And really, that's what keeps it going for me, because I get to listen to a little Frank before anybody else, which is kind of special. But uh, let's find out what Frank Edward Nora is listening to. Here's the latest thing I found. Apparently, uh, this band, uh, John Simon's Warlock, Memories of a White Magician, the 1981 recordings. I thought it was interesting. I, I was looking up Warlock. Oh, yeah, because I know, I, I, know I know what happened, yeah. John Simon um, from the U.K. I guess he moved to Germany, and he was. this was all on, in Hanover. And he wrote a, a rock ballet called Warlock. So this is somehow related to that. Then he started a band called Warlock. But <clears throat> what was interesting is he said that um, the members of his band were from a band called Jane, which is uh, really interesting because remember I had that dream a while uh, a few weeks back. Uh, uh, this band Jane was on stage. It's so weird. I haven't found their music yet. Pagan memory. How does this? Is this heavy metal or what is this? It's not really heavy metal. It's, it sounds good though, right? Just John Simon's Warlock. Now check this out. So, Warlock. That's the one I've been listening to. <laughs> Got to listen to more. Did I write it down? I have. I. It basically. Um, my uh, Apple Music, like it, it lost the ability to, like. Uh, save songs because my my uh my online account can't sync to this account it's it's a big mess but anyway also i just saw this is all just sort of going on come on what's going on here i just saw that uh the band missing persons i don't know what's going on here of course 
this program decides to crash out when I'm trying to use it. That's actually missing persons, right? Let's just try to get back in the program here. I remember iTunes back when it was uh, Sound Jam. I used to use that. And then Apple bought it and turned it into iTunes. Amazing. Yeah. Um, missing persons, Terry Bozio. You know, destination unknown. Apparently, I did not know missing persons was sort of were sort of proteges of Frank Zappa. Can you attest to that, uh, PQ? Uh, but they're back. Uh, missing persons is back with a new album that just came out. Just came out the other day on Friday. Apparently, this is the big single, Ice Blue Eyes. I haven't heard this yet. Right, that distinctive voice. I don't know, I was listening to this album and it was just annoying me listening to it in the background, so I don't know. <laughs> I'm sorry, I just wasn't into it. Um, yeah, a lot of times, like, we've, we've, we had a game night the other night, and uh, this is a good channel to put on in the background. It's called Permanent Vacation from Apple Music, from the Apple Music chill, chill category. So I just have a ton of songs on here. I guess they keep changing it, and it's just—it's a good background music, right? Stuff you've—the the bands you've never heard of, you know. This is Jaco Ino Kalevi with "Night at the Field." Very good background music. Gene Lawrence after sunrise. Wando Nega de Obalue. <laughs> anyway, you get the idea. In a similar vein, I, 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 we were outside on the porch, and I wanted something to listen to, and I found a Cafe Del Mar Ibiza chill-out mix. And I usually put it on shuffle, and this is just, it's, from, it's actually from 2023, wow. But it, there's a certain sound to that um, lounge electronic music from around the year 2000. Um, just like that video game I love I was talking about, uh, R4 Ridge Racer Type 4. That's a great soundtrack as well. But again, just like background music. It's very, having background music is very important. What was the other thing I was playing as background music? Um, yeah, yeah, hold on a second. It was uh, Circles Around the Sun, yeah. I was playing that. One, they have a new album. As sort of background music on the porch. Um, this, was, this was a band, I think, that originally got started making... Um, Back when uh, the, the Grateful Dead had their Fare Thee Well in 2015 in Chicago, those farewell concerts, and um, this was the, the the music that was playing during the uh, into the the set breaks and stuff. Uh, circles around the sun with language. The Jam Rockers' first record without Neil Casal oozes cosmic love. So it was kind of, it was maybe not the best background music, but interesting stuff, though. It's instrumental, yeah. Also, I've been really trying to get into the, uh, this uh, band called Big Big Train. It's a, it's a sort of a neo-prog band, and this, I guess, uh, English Electric, a, a two-CD, a two-album work, which was collected under... The, the title English Electric Full Power so this is like a two hour fifteen minute two disc set so 
I had sort of been turned off to Big Big Train because I know there was also a band called Train that was kind of shitty. But Big Big Train is really good. It's a really great neo-prog band. I dig this. I dig this style of music. Obviously, it's you know it's inspired by Genesis and other bands. It's a neo-prog band, you know. I do like it. So anyway, of course, I've been very into um, Jimmy Buffett lately because he passed away a few months ago. And uh, he has a new album out called Equal Strain on All Parts. And this was the last album he put out before he died. And even his friend Paul McCartney from the Beatles played bass on the album. This is my favorite song on the album. It's called Portugal or PEI. Just, just talking about wandering around the world. There's there's a lot to Jimmy Buffett's music, um, and I've actually started exploring it in a way with the live shows, which um, there's not an easy way of listening like with Fish or the Grateful Dead or all the jam bands, but there's a several web servers online that you can find tons and tons of of live shows, of which there are thousands of shows. Um, so there was re- I recently, if I can find it here, do I have it? I was recently uh, listening to a concert from, uh, what happened? Oh, come on. I thought, wait a second. All right, one second. Yes. Um, yeah, so I, I you know, because I sort of obsess on the year 1993, because it's actually 30 years ago now, so it's 2023 now. So I found a, a, a show from uh, 93, the main server was offline, but this alternate server was online. So this is a show from uh, in Chicago in August 27th, 1993. And it was interesting because, and I, I talked about this in the last episode of The Overnight Escape, but um, the only time he ever played this song, Buck But the Turtle, um, live on, on a concert, it was on, it was on one of these wacky radio sh- morning radio shows. And uh, there, there's a story about how scuba divers were getting uh, sexually accosted by turtles. So he, this is the song. kind of interesting because it was one of those songs that was only ever performed once so like when i'm into like the grateful dead and fish and these jam bands like the statistics and the unique songs and then especially the phenomenon 
of, especially I get with the Grateful Dead and Fish, I experience this all the time, listening to various uh, shows, you know, live shows, um, and uh, a song will that you've heard several times already will kind of rise up in your mind, and you're like, wow, this is a really good song, and I want to hear other versions of it. And that's what happened to me yesterday with um, the song uh, Pascagoula Run. Right, this is a song that I wouldn't even have known two days ago if you asked me, what do you think of Pascagoula Run? I have no idea what that is. But I must have heard it a few times. But this is a great song. I really do love this song. And that's the thing. Like Jimmy Buffett shows, he plays, I don't know, 10 to 15 of the same songs every single show. But then there's other songs besides those that he plays. This is Pascagoula Run from 93. And then I was actually looking for shows that had Pascagoula Run and Gypsies in the Palace. They don't, there's not an easy program yet to find it like the other bands, you know, like Fish and Grateful that have this. You can find combinations of songs that are in a show. See, this is not the good part of this. This is when it goes, do, 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 do. There's a great moment in this song, right? It's coming soon. But yeah, like he'll always play Margaritaville, Pirate Looks at 40, Fins. This part. Pascagoula Run. But yeah, he'll always play Changes in Latitudes and... Uh, Probably in the shelter, volcano, come Monday. Uh, one particular harbor, like there's a lot of those songs. Um, so yeah, I've been getting more. I think I'm, you know, definitely. It's sad now that he's gone, but they, they did say that his band, the coral, the coral reefer band, does want to continue on. So, um, they could just continue on as the coral reefer band and sort of maybe do the same kind of tours. I'm not sure if if it would work without the man himself, but <coughs> I know. I've never been to a Jimmy Buffett show, but apparently there's a whole lot scene and a whole subculture of parrot heads. If you see any videos of them, they seem to be rather annoying and insufferable, but I'm sure it's fun on the inside. It's just uh, people wanting to, like, uh, party, you know, sort of like a beach party, kind of like an endless beach party or permanent vacation. <laughs> well, permanent vacation, wasn't that a, a KGB euphemism for, for uh, killing someone? Give them permanent vacation, you know. Anyway, um, yeah. So, another recent absolute musical revelation. I'm trying to, I don't even remember exactly where I found out about it. Was this band called The Peddlers? Oh, you know what? Maybe that book, I have a book called Galactic Ramble, a huge book, which covers uh, music from Britain from like the 60s and 70s. Um, the Peddlers. I think I, I, I was browsing through that. The Peddlers are sort of considered like a jazz trio with uh, with organ. But they have this one album called um, Sweet London, and it's kind of not available anywhere. Some of it is on YouTube. I had to find a copy online. Uh, just phenomenal. This is the start of it. This strange affair. Right? Uh, what a great lost album. So good. This really is an important album. And Soon comes my tongue. I mean, I've heard this so many times now. It's it's like a new favorite. It but it goes in all sorts of different directions. This is just the very beginning. 
And these are all like original songs. The strange affair. As as of their previous albums are mostly covers, I guess, like jazz covers. But I think I think they had a um, a reputation as just being sort of a you know you know easy listening jazz band, and that's why this album I guess didn't do well because people already had a negative view of them or a different view of them. Mysteries things. It's like fast forward. Here's the next song, Raining in London. You get the idea. Anyway, uh, of course, uh, Beatles and Rolling Stones recently put out new stuff. Uh, Rolling Stones put out a whole new album with their whole crew, whatever's left of it. And I listened to this album. It was called Hackney. It's called Hackney Diamonds, and uh, Angry is the is the lead single off of it, if they still have lead singles these days. Um, you know, I, I've been a fan of Rolling Stones, but not to the point... I, I know their hits and the singles really do like the the best of the Rolling Stones, but I've never listened to every single one of their albums all the way through. Like, with the Beatles, I've listened to everything. So, Hackney Diamonds, like, this song is okay, but, like, I listened to the whole album a couple times. And there's nothing about it that's embarrassing or wrong. It all sounds okay. But um, it's just not, it just doesn't really move me. It doesn't really interest me that much. As opposed to the Beatles, of course, (laughs) with their new song, their last song, theoretically, even though they still owe us a song called Carnival of Light, is called Now and Then, right? Right here it is Now and Then, the new Beatles song. And listen to the very beginning where Paul goes, one, two. I really think that's a Paul is dead thing. He's referring to the di- two different versions of himself. One, two. So, for a huge Beatles fan like me, this was great to hear. I've heard this has been, this song has been out for a long time in different versions. So, um... I know this song may be slightly underwhelming for those people that aren't Beatles fans just hearing it for the first time, but this was the fabled third original song that was supposed to be in the Anthology 3, finally out in 2023. But anyway. Sure, those that are interested have heard it. It's it's a, it's a good song, and and they they re-released the red and the blue albums, and they actually put the song on the blue album, <laughs> sort of to to uh, further show its uh, validity as a Beatles song. Yes, which I do. I would say it is a Beatles song. You know, it's it sort of ticks all the boxes, and they were very careful not to like sort of. They've only made a few of these over the years of uh, John's demo tape, and the, all the rest of the Beatles on it. So, yeah. Anyway, uh, sometimes I listen to this on Apple Music. They use AI or whatever to uh, completely understand me. And um, they have, every week they do a favorites list and like 25 songs here. And uh, this this will, uh, if we go through this, this is the latest one. I, I used to save them. Again, I, I can't save this stuff anymore. But it's all right. I mean, 
I, you save so much stuff, then do you ever go back to it? Um, so they really do. They have reverse engineered my music taste. They, they, this is a good choice. Well, this is another great background music. It's uh, the, the Robert Drasnan Voodoo Trilogy now. This is from Voodoo 2, actually. Um, <clears throat> the first Voodoo was uh, sort of at the height of the uh, Exotica movement. Um, Robert Drasnan, who was a composer, he, he wrote one of the theme songs to Lost in Space, for example. Did an album, I forget what it was called, but it was like this lost album, and someone found a pristine copy that had never been played at a, at a garage sale, and then transferred that uh, to a new master and uh, made a CD out of it called Voodoo, even though it wasn't originally called Voodoo. And back in the 90s, that became rather popular. And then Robert Drasnan wrote a sequel, which this song, Habanera in Blue, is from. And um, after he passed away, uh, he had started work on Voodoo 3, so it was completed by someone else. So I have, I love all three of these, this kind of background music. Next up, we have the Alan Parsons Project, of course, from pyramid album what goes up what a great song this this is something i was really obsessed with when i was an adolescent i love this song and this band what goes up must come down what must rise must fall and what goes on in your mind so alan parsons project these albums all of their 10 albums and 11 if you want to account freudiana which was the End of the project, basically. Um, it just sounds better and better the more I listen to it, kind of like a steely band. Other bands, they don't age so well because these songs are have... Because uh, uh, Eric Wolfson, who was the heart of the project, not Alan Parsons, um, was an amazing, so, um, an amazing genius songwriter. So, Up next, we have a Beatles song. A bit of a deep track, If I Needed Someone, from Rubber Soul. All right. It's a, it's a George song. If I needed someone. So this is, now this song, Give Me Some Lovin'. I don't know, I this is a Spencer Davis' group, but it's, what's his name? You know who I'm thinking of, who's singing it. Uh, I don't know that this is, a, this is a song that's just, it's a great song, obviously, but um, it's overplayed, you know. What's the guy's name? Why, why am I, why am I blanking? He's a great he's a great singer, uh, Steve Winwood. Yes, Steve Winwood. What's that song? I, uh, see a lot of music that it, it provides comfort. Um, it sort of reminds you of times and places. And what's that song? A high life. That's sort of a comfort song, I would say, for me. Here's the official music video of. We'll get to see an ad first. See, I pay for Apple Music, but I don't pay for YouTube Premium. So, how many things do you think I should pay for? Damn it! I guess I could listen to it on YouTube too. I mean, on Apple Music. But come on, what was that? You know this song. What years is from? Eighty-six. I, I, I do have an, a, a growing fondness for the mid-80s years, 84, 85, and 86, and the sound of the music from there. Like 
Oh, he was in Traffic as well, of course. Traffic is amazing. You know that song, yeah. Let's see what else they cooked up for me here. Yes. Moody Blues, a band that I've been meaning to listen to more of because I, I know like two or three of their big albums, including this one, of course, In Search of the Lost Chord. What an amazing song this is. But I, I, I'm trying to get more in, uh, into all their, well, I guess they have these seven albums that's considered their essential canon. This is an amazing song. And again, they're, they're sort of undeservedly obscure in, in the classic rock world. What's not obscure is the next song. Certainly overplayed, certainly one of the Rolling Stones' biggest. But it's such a great song, I don't mind hearing it, even though it's something I've heard a million times. Probably probably their best song, one of their few best songs, Gimme Shelter. What are they saying? Rape, murder, it's just a shot away. It's a very dark, mysterious song. We all know the song, we don't have to keep hearing it. Now here's a song, there's some bands that... They only have one song that I really like. Uh, 13th Floor Elevators comes to mind. I know I should dig deeper, but the long version of uh, Slip Inside This House is so much better than anything I've ever heard by them. It's hard for me. And there's some bands like that, including this band, Renaissance, where this song is so good. It is better than anything I've ever heard by Renaissance. This is Running Hard. It has this long piano uh, intro. Uh, This song is unbelievably good. This is probably one of the best songs ever made. I know I say that about a lot of songs, but um, so it's 9 minutes, 38 seconds long. Uh, but this this is one of those songs that considered it to, to be a song that's above and beyond and one of the greatest songs ever. And what's her name? Is the singer. I forget her name. See, if you don't know the whole song, this might sound a little tedious, the piano part, but once you know the song, you realize how important this is to the, the full song. Once you start hearing her singing, and back when uh, actual singing talent was a prized, prized commodity because songs had more melody back then and you needed an actual person that could sing to sing them. I know you still need to know how to sing to some extent, but yeah. Coming up soon. See, they know me too well. They know me too well. coming up running hard towards what used to be come on <laughs> we'll get there soon I mean the song is almost 10 minutes long they, they, they can stretch out the beginning this is true this is progressive rock you know I shouldn't this is yeah this is where we go do 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 Here we go. Oh, that part right there just feels oh, amazing. Running hard towards what used to be. Annie Halsam, that uh, just came to mind. Lines of 
<laughs> it's hard to stop listening to that song as it's such a great song. See, they know me. They, I guess my music taste, they can sort of, I guess they watch every song I listen to, how long I listen to it, what songs I skip, and they then they sort they have this master database of everyone's music taste. It's very scary. And up next is another one of those songs that I consider to be above and beyond, one of the greatest songs ever. Step On by Happy Mondays. Twisting my melon, man. I mean, this was like sort of at the heart of uh, the talk so hip, man. Twisting my melon, man. Messing with my head. Call the cops. The Madchester scene, uh, right around 1990, 1991. Hey, rainmaker, come away from that man. And you know, that actually is a cover song. The guy is named John Congos from South Africa. And uh, if I can find it here. Uh, this The original is a great song, too. And they also do uh, Tokolosh Man, which is another John Congos uh, song. So they, they took this song, He's Gonna Step On You Again, and they... Um, here he is live on television, a show called Pop Match, doing uh, Step On You. He's going to step on you again, John Congos. What a great song. I mean, both versions are great. And who would, this is from 71, actually. Hey, Rainmaker, come away from that man. This is, this is number two on the charts, whenever this was. Anyway, really, with songs, it, it, you, they, you need that the strong bones of all the different aspects of it, right? Anyway, up next, uh, uh, a band that. I have uh, I, I have to attack this band in terms of listening to the albums and getting familiar with the songs. Uh, and I have various campaigns where I do listen to a lot. This band is The Fall, right, with Mark E. Smith. Um, one of the most unique, challenging bands ever. And this is a song called Garden from their Perverted by Language album. What an amazing song. Um, interesting that they included this because there's a lot of other Fall songs. You know, I think like a song like "Eat Yourself Fitter" is a easier starting point, but but this God with this weird pig in the garden. The fall. It's a uh, rabbit hole worth going down. I, I feel like, as I was mentioning Frank Zappa before, like I've I've tried also. I feel like it's sort of a similar. I feel more in tune with the music of the fall than Frank Zappa, but I have always tried to, um, you know, get back into Frank Zappa and listen to listen to stuff. It's a very hard to get into Frank Zappa for me, and I know PQ just put out that uh, the Zappa thing with uh, Mark, and we were talking about how Missing Persons was related to Frank Zappa. I do really like Frank Zappa's music, but it's hard for me to embrace it for some reason. Anyway. There was a moment back in a 1991, early 1991, I think. This the song, the video for this song came on um, MTV's 120 Minutes, and uh, back in 1991, how lucky were we to have all of this incredible music? This is "Ice Blink Luck" by the Cocteau Twins. I've, I've listened to the song a lot lately, and this song just gets better and better. 
it's unbelievable that we had pop, essentially pop music like this. with those weird lyrics the walnut safe you're the match of Jericho that will burn this whole madhouse down you know this song but Cocteau Twins has a lot going on but I think as far as this album is called Heaven or Las Vegas as a full album this is a I think the best entry point and just a unbelievably great album Anyway, up next, interestingly, is uh, a, a, a song I don't really know too well, Shall We Take a Trip by Northside, but it's from this CD box set, Come Together, Adventures on the Indie Dance Floor. So this is essentially Madchester and the surrounding scene. I actually bought the CD box set, and I've been listening to it on CD, believe it or not, and I also have it ripped, of course, on the computer. Yeah, I know this song, okay. Yeah. See, they know me so well. And coming up next, The Shaman. And I, I do love The Shaman. They're like a these sort of related to the uh, early 90s sense that they used to call techno-shamanism, where people were looking at the new computer technologies and, and occultism and trying to connect the two. And these were uh, rappers as well, like white, white rappers. And uh, this is Destination Eschaton. Eschaton, of course, somewhat means like the end of the world. But I love when they rap. It's, I don't know if there's one. I think there's a rap in this one. This is a, yeah, I, I bought this out. This was like their big album. There was Intact with Move Any Mountain. And then there was Boss Drum with uh, uh, Ebenezer Good. And then by this one, they had kind of fallen off a little bit. Um, destination Eschaton Run where to run from Alpha Oh yeah, there's a rap part here I'll, I'll pause until it comes on Yeah, here's the rap part And yeah, it is a little corny, but I just sort of feel like it's sort of tongue-in-cheek. Like, they sort of know they're being a little corny, but it's great. Um, the next song is Cheng Cheng by Sunscream, a band that... Uh, some, some, some bands, I just like one song. Other bands, there's one album. And I've tried their other albums, but this album, Change or Die, which is from 96-ish, maybe... I don't see it in front of me. Uh, this album is um, incredible from beginning to end, and I've heard listen to this album so many times. But this is not really super indicative. This is this weird um, gamelan kind of song. It's a great song, though. Another band. <laughs> wow, they have they have me figured out here. Another band where one album is way better than the other ones is 808 State with XL. Again, from beginning to end, that album is just unbelievable. This is Nefertiti. And somehow another band where there's one album that... And I haven't really given their other albums a great chance, but this is a Primal Scream. Just 
with Loaded, you know, Primal Scream, uh, they're... Right. And we want to get loaded, and we want to have a good time. And that's what we're going to do. Well, when, baby, let's go. We're going to have a good time. We're going to have a party. Um, there's monster songs in this album, like uh, the 13th Floor Elevator cover, Slip Inside This House, and uh, Come Together, a different Come Together than the Beatles, and this song, Loaded, which a lot of times is, this is considered their greatest song, I think, though I kind of like some of their other ones better. And then it starts with this beat, right? This, this beat kind of defines what it's all about. And coming up next is another band where they really have one album that is head and shoulders above all the others. Have they really, did they really do four of these in a row for me? That's amazing. Uh, the band Lush, a, a sort of a, a shoegaze band. Um, they, I think they used the same producer as Cocteau Twins at one point. This is a gala, which is a... Um, <clears throat> Combining four EPs, they re- early EPs they released, I believe, on 4AD Records. Um, this is a perfect album. Everything about it is perfect, and I've listened to it hundreds of times. There are other albums, you know, not as good, honestly. Even the next one, Spooky, not as good. Gala is what it's all about. Here's Baby Talk. This is like a perfect. To me, this is like a perfect album. Down, she's inside me. She can't break free. Of course, Mickey Berenji, uh, how to pronounce her name? I don't know. She's half Hungarian, half Japanese. She had that bright red hair, and she was uh, just super, super attractive and sort of everyone's uh, indie pop uh, crush back then. And her mother was actually uh, the Japanese one, and she was on Space 1999. She was an actress. Next song is uh, by Stereolab. Now, this is, every one of their albums is utterly amazing. Unfortunately, they did break up. I saw them live last year. One of the best shows I've ever seen. At least they're still together. They're not making new music. It was a husband-wife that divorced. It was kind of tough, but um, to see them live was one of my life goals. Absolutely fantastic. I saw them at Brooklyn Steel in Brooklyn. This is my favorite album by them. Cobra and Phase of the Group play Voltage in the Milky Night. This is not an easy album to get into. This is very difficult, but once you sort of break through, it is endless treasures. This is, uh, people do it all the time. What a great song. So, this is not a band where there's one album that's better than, they're all great. They may even, they've, they've, just they keep releasing collections of their more obscure songs, and they may still have another one in them. Right, the uh, yeah, the, that series they have. Stereo Lab is very hard to get, but once you get it, it's amazing. Um, they sort of raid more obscure corners of popular music to create their music. But like a, like any great songwriting partnership, Tim Gain is a musical genius. But the stuff he's done without Letitia uh, has really fallen flat, in my opinion. Letitia, as a songwriter, she sings half in French, half in English, and has a lot of you know left wing socialist political views. But somehow the combination of those two produces the greatest music ever. Right? 
coming up next is another album that exactly like the other ones it's there's one album by tortoise that i love and i've tried with their other albums i I, a few of the other ones are okay but nothing rises to the level of of tnt um from 98 or 99 yeah i mean this this album this this is considered post-rock um which song is this Oh yeah, this is it's funny cuz this is perhaps the worst song on the album. I used to play this at work and then when this sound effect came on everyone would like sh- change the song. It sucks. There's a certain sound effect they use in this song. This is not a good this is not this is like the worst example from TNT. Where's the sound? Come on. The sound is coming up. What is the sound? I swear there's this annoying sound. It's coming up. Here it is. This is it. Where's the annoying sound? Is it just at the end of the song? This has to be the song, no? Yes, this is the song. So the sound is only on 30 seconds of the entire album. Wow. This is the annoying sound. People at work were like, what the hell is this? Turn it off. It is an annoying sound. Um, coming up next, it's weird because I thought about this the other day, that I want to try to get into this band Spiritualized, um, the title track from their album. Ladies and gentlemen, we are floating in space. People seem to love this. I have not been able to get into it yet, but I really want to. This. Ladies and gentlemen, we are floating in space. I feel like I could get into Spiritualized. I feel like I need to give them more more effort. It's not easy to get into, though. Oh, coming up next, Plaid. One of the friendlier uh, IDM bands, or intelligent dance music bands. Um, This album, Double Figure, one of their most liked albums. I think it's in the 90s. And um, this Plaid sounds like nothing else. And even when I, I listen to this album, it always sounds different. It's so weird. There's so much going on. And they keep, they're continuing to make music. I love Plaid. This is Ian featuring Bennett Walsh. Right. Great stuff. And coming up next, this is uh, 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 Peter Bauman, who is uh, uh, in the um, Berlin Berlin School synth music scene. I know he was, I believe he was in Tangerine Dream briefly. Um, This album called Romance 76, uh, this one song, I really obsess on this song as the first song on the album. I don't know too much other stuff by Peter Bauman, uh, but this song is un- unreal. Bicentennial Presentation. What an incredible song. See, they figured me out. Probably because I, 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 I play it on repeat or listen to it over and over again. Listen to, the, listen to this. Yes. Jeez, man. This gets a 10 for me. (laughs) 
perfect. Perfect for me. Anyway, this is this is still just that 25 songs they give every, give you every week. Coming up next, Gentle Giant, and I. It's funny because I just got a T-shirt of this album in a glass house. This is 70. I think it's 76, 77, maybe. I don't. I don't know. The the, the years are not in front of me right here. Um, this is, of course, Gentle Giant. All of their albums are incredible. It's the best band you never heard of. They are truly the missing band in everyone's life from that time period, from the 1970s progressive rock. You know Genesis, you know Yes, you know King Crimson. Gentle Giant is perhaps the greatest of all of them. I know it's a bold statement, but this song, The Runaway, not only is it a great song, starts with these, the sound of glass breaking, but this song, as I've said, talked about in the past, when I hear this song, I recover memories from living in an alternate timeline where I went to school in Minnesota. I know it's a bold claim. It's only an impression I have, but listen to this. And when it goes, that's like when I remember that alternate timeline. Because must, this must have been an album I listened to a lot back then. This album was already out, obviously, when I went to college in 85. Right? Here we go. Right? Yes. What is going on there? The chords? Oh my god, it's incredible. I'm getting a very strange feeling, a wonderful feeling listening to this song. Is the runaway. Yes. And the rest of this is all progressive rock, too. Uh, there's two more songs here. Uh, Camel, a band I always want to listen to more, but they have the Snow Goose, which is an instrumental album based on this book called The Snow Goose. It was such a different time back then in the early 70s. They didn't even bother asking for permission or licensing. They just found a book. They're like, oh, let's make an album of this book. And they didn't even talk to the guy that wrote the book. I think this is the first track called Riator. This is great stuff. Let me fast. Yeah. How was music so good back then? It's amazing. Right, this is so good. I like this. I don't necessarily love this album. I'm quite fond of it. But something that this next one was a huge... This is actually the first song I heard of Ma Vishnu Orchestra with John McLaughlin. Um, Visions of the Emerald Beyond, which was actually, I believe, the second iteration of the band. But when I took this out of the county library when I was about 15 years old, let's say and heard this song, Eternity's Breath, this whole album blew my mind. And then I quickly got Birds of Fire, which is perhaps superior to this album, but these two albums are amazing. Um, oh, Lord Supreme, Supreme, let me fulfill thy will. And just imagine not having any background in jazz rock fusion and hearing this. Young Frankie's mind was blown. No Duran Duran on this list, though. That's weird. Some, usually they throw a Duran Duran on there. One of the Duran Duran adjacent bands like uh, Arcadia or Power Station. I, I used to save the. I used to save these every week, you know. 
pretty heavy stuff. Oh Lord, supreme, supreme, let me fulfill thy will. Yeah. What kind of God is that you're worshiping? Who even knows? Please. Please. But, uh, yeah, I just want to cover one more album here. I, I, I was sort of haunted by this need for a New Age album that could have served as the background music at a New Age shop at some point in the early 1990s. I know that's a tall order. Um, <clears throat> it's by Edgar Froza from Tangerine Dream. He really was the heart of Tangerine Dream. Um, Froze as F-R-O-E-S-E. And he has one solo compilation album, which was so different, so amazing. This, when I discovered this, Edgar Froze's Beyond the Storm from 1995, and again, it collects a lot of his solo works, remixes a lot of them. This, to me, is the ultimate background music. So much so, I actually bought a CD of this in case the power ever goes out or the internet goes out, just so I can listen to it. Uh, it's a double album, so it's... Uh, Two and a half hours long of this. Uh, this would be perfect background music for a new age shop. Starts off with Heatwave City. So it has that kind of electronic new new age edge, but it's it's not. It doesn't have the toxic mediocrity of a lot of new age music. It has sharp edges and it has stuff to sink your your mind into, your, your mental teeth into in every part. Uh, this to me is sort of the ultimate background music album for me. It never fails to to work for me. Again, this just is one of uh, 28 songs on this uh, incredible album, "Beyond the Storm" by Edgar Froza. What's the last song? "Fault of the Heavens." Let's see. Let's hear the very end of the album, though. Some pads. See, I use I listen to this so much, then I it just goes back to the beginning because I have it on a loop, right? A loop. Some nice pads there, right? Right. Begin again. Yes. I know the song Stuntman. Stuntman is pretty good, right? Yeah. There's such, I mean, there's such treasures on this album. Good, good song, right? Oh, interesting. Macula Transfer. Um, what is this song? Yeah. Uh, because they were pushing a, uh, some people on that Boing Boing site, they were talking about this new band called Macula Dogs, I think, which is supposed to be like this, I tried listening to them a little bit. They say they're a little bit Devo-inspired. We'll, we'll check out one thing by Macula Dogs. That's a brand new thing I heard about. All right, maybe I can find it here on Apple Music so you don't have to hear ads. Macula, is it Dog? Macula Dogs, I think is what it is. Macula Dogs. Dogs, not Gogs. Come on. Dogs. <clears throat> Ma oh, Macula Dog. Okay. How about an al the album Orange from 2022? Is this? I don't. I have, I have not heard this before. Oh, 
what was the song they said was was Devo like? And it really was. I gotta let me find that. Oh, maybe I can find it in my uh, YouTube watch history. As you can see, I've been listening to a lot of stuff. I'm constantly on a search for, for new musical directions. My history. Okay, let's see. See, this would be good also for finding music to listen to. Yes, I was obsessing on the Wonder Eggs theme park from Japan. Yeah, here it is. Purchase Power Station by Macula Dog. Yeah. This is from eight years ago, though. It's not new music. What the hell? I hate when I thought it was new and it's really old. It's all right. What do you want? Let's go back to the history and see any, any uh, interesting music I was listening to. Sometimes you have to go on YouTube to find the music because it's, uh, yeah. Let's see. Of course, what was this? Yeah. Oh, that that album, uh, Spacious, The Spacious Mind, Cosmic Minds at Play, that had that term Violet Nightshades, which helped confirm to me that I should have the violet cover, color on the book cover. I haven't been able to embrace this album yet. Anyway, what else do we have here? What the hell? What is going on here? Oh, forget it. I'm 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 good. I'm good. Um, yeah, I think on uh, the overnight skip, I was talking about this song that I don't think has aged. I don't think this band has aged very well. Portishead. Oh, this is a good song though. Sour times. But I don't know. I think it kind of goes. I think the whole band and everything goes downhill from here. This is their greatest moment. You know. You know. Portishead with sour times. It was sort of. Everywhere at the time, deservedly, it's a great song. You know that song, of course. Uh, somehow we were talking about Roy Rogers at work, and um, I pointed out that he was uh, a member of uh, Sons of the Pioneers, and here's them. On some movie singing uh, Tumbling Tumbleweeds with Roy Rogers. What was the movie that popularized this? Was it Big Lebowski or one of those Coen Brother movies, right? Roy Rogers. And yeah, um, uh, one of our friends who recently moved back from North Dakota was talking about how she met Roy Rogers and Dale Evans back in the 90s. So then I told them how. Roy Rogers' name checked in one of the greatest songs of all time, the intro and the outro. Hi there, nice to be with you. Happy you could stick around. Like to introduce Legs Larry Smith, drums. Uh, the intro and the outro by the Bonzo Dog Doodah Band. And Vern Dudley Bohay Noel, bass guitar. Wonderful to hear Brainiac from Banjo. Welcome Trigger. Oh, yeah, the, the general de Gaulle play. Really wild, General. Trigger the horse, of course. You know that song. If you don't know that song, I don't know what to tell you. Oh, yeah, then we were talking about... Um, uh, Bruce Springsteen, and I, I mentioned, well, this is his best song, and he didn't even sing it. Well, he did sing it, but 
Manfred Mann, of course, popularized it. It's one of those overplayed songs, but it's a good song, though. Yes, I generally do not like Bruce Springsteen, but... Another uh, album I found, uh, Analogy, The Suite from 1980, only you can listen to it on, um, on YouTube. I don't know. I tried listening to it. I don't know if it's great, though. Anything else going back in time? What is this, Sonic and Chill? Someone made a, uh, a chill-out album based on Sonic the, Sonic the Hedgehog? Sounds like right up my alley. <laughs> oh, here's their version of Marble Zone, you know, which is a great song. Yeah. Dun, 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 dun. Very, very mellow Marble Hill Zone. Ooh, that Green Hill Zone, one of my favorite songs. Chill out, Marble, uh, Green Hill Zone. I'm not quite hearing the theme yet, but... Just sort of a random album that came up. Uh, Rumpelstiltskin by Black Magician from 1971. This sounds like worth looking into. I guess the band is... I don't know what's the band and what's the, what's the album title. Rumpelstiltskin, Black Magicians. All right. Well, that's just some of the music I've been listening to. I have been listen, listening to a lot of music, a lot of very random a lot of uh, different avenues of exploration. And that only scratches the surface of probably what I've been listening to the last couple of weeks. Anyways, back to you, PQ. Yeah, music. There's some really great stuff. A lot of things I haven't heard in bands that I don't really think about, that I really... Stereo Lamp. I just recently heard Letitia's uh, new single, which mm, I, I don't know. It's not really cutting it like a good Stereo Lab track. I mean, it's pleasant enough. I mean, that seems to be what's happening. Like Frank mentioned, the new Rolling Stones album, which it's, it's yeah, it, it's certainly better than a lot of stuff they've done over the past 15, 20 years. I mean, once Bill Wyman left the band, I don't know, Emotional Rescue a little after that, uh, yeah, it, it just kind of became this bland sound that really didn't excite me. And this new album, I have to admit, it does recapture some of that old Rolling Stones feel and sound, but it's just, there's nothing there, like Frank says, that grabs me. 
and makes me want to listen to it again or sticks in my head. I mean, really, that's how music in general in my past has stuck with me. A song or a few songs on an album really just grab me and say, yes, this is cool. And then I take on the album tracks and listen to all the albums. And I've had that experience a lot, but lately, less so. Um, What I'm hearing just isn't reaching out and grabbing me. Although, I must note at this point, there is a new All Orange album out. It finally came out. I did a preview of it on one of the appreciator shows. But Don Juan's Bench by All Orange. Now, this is a lot more professional-sounding produced than anything else I've heard from the artist Shaman Q and uh, Narai, Twyla, what that they have so many names. And it's really, really a lot more approachable and listenable. But my, I don't know, I really, if I'm going to listen to music, I've listened to a lot of Duke Ellington, uh, a lot of Duke Ellington, in fact, um, some Sun Ra, some jazz instrumentals. I think stuff with lyrical content for one reason or another isn't engaging me. And Harumi Hosono of the Yellow Magic Orchestra. Uh, his solo catalog is just so vast from like very, like Frank says, kind of catchy but new agey instrumental stuff to some really far out electronica. He does interesting covers. And uh, even the Yellow Magic Orchestra, that is great stuff for to listen to. But I don't know. I'm not engaging on music. I'm not really, I mean, those of you who've been listening to PQ River for a long time, almost all of my shows, I would play something from uh, a band I had or some of my solo stuff. And I've just reached some sort of creative impasse in doing music. I'm doing very little and not really anything I feel a need to present, per se. I mean, I did a live show, which was mostly my old stuff and some of that audio collage with music and sound effects a couple months back. And it just, it, it's not, it's not there. Perhaps at some point, I will find some sort of collaboration or get my mojo back with music. But music itself, I'm really just not in that mode. Although there are a few things I have to admit that Frank played. I mean, Gentle Giant, the Moody Blues. I mean, I was so into them when I was about 13, 14. Uh, My older aunt and uncle had all their albums And I used to spend a lot of time hanging out at their house. When they'd go away, I'd watch their cats. So I would just hang out and listen to their Moody Blues albums. And they had some other prog rock. Uh, Yes. I mean, Yes used to be so important to me. And now, I mean, I can listen to them, but it's not like I'm suddenly gripped with a want to listen to the band Yes. And they became so fragmented. And especially after... They came back, that one Trevor Horn album, which was really neat, and them trying different stuff. And then they just kind of fell back into some sort of imitation of what they used to do or something. 
and and nothing again it's harder and harder these days for any kind of music to really reach out and grab me and make me want to listen to it like that new beatles song i mean i've listened to it a few more times since i said meh but it's still it's a track that if it were on a beatles album it would be one of the ones that i'd either okay this will be over soon or even completely skip over listening to it it's not that great beatles stuff it doesn't stand up to anything before the let it be album to me nothing i mean i would rather listen to the worst track on the beatles for sale i mean uh, mr moonlight which i love anyways i mean a lot of people call that the worst beatles song as we've discussed ad infinitum but i love that track uh, let's take a quick look and see if doc sleaze has snuck in here no no doc sleaze this week so uh yeah i must thank chad bowers and frank edward nora for uh contributing and making this a full-fledged overnight scape central and let's talk about next week and i am really i mean I, this could go on for a while and it could not but just about any episode is could be the last for a while or forever i just maybe i'm pod fading maybe i feel like i've done it all and i'm just repeating myself i'm not sure what this is that i am going through now but uh bear with me because no matter what i will continue the zappa ones with mark rose that is a commitment and uh if he wants to do them more often i mean now we're doing them very sporadically and i noticed i don't know how i did it but the freak out absolutely free episode we did does not seem to be or have gotten onto the on sub somehow i mean i'm really becoming spacey and my mind may well be going to wherever minds go when people get a little too far out and old and distracted but yes that brings us up to the topic for next week's overnight scape central because as long as this is happening i feel like indulging it and checking in with all of you especially some of you who have not contributed lately or are listening and uh, maybe the whole idea of podcasting is doing this the topic of next week's show is getting old uh what's getting old am i getting old is it just that my interests are getting old and i need to rekindle them or find some new way of doing things but let's talk about getting old next week right here on the overnight skate central and here is how it works the deadline for next week's show is the 20th of november 2023 get it in by the evening although i must say we may have uh, an extra day in there because i am having a tooth worked on on the 20th of november and depending on uh, how everything rolls i may be in no condition to do an overnight scape central well i'd be talking funny but whatever the case is um might do it monday but and get it in but let's get everybody because we are now winding down i feel the overnight scape central so if you've never participated 
and you want to have been part of this amazing thing, or if you're inspired, if you are within the sound of my voice and you're thinking, I'd like to do the Overnight Scape Central and host this program every week, uh, I handed it off to Jimbo, uh, to God, about seven years ago for a year, and then he passed on, or he would probably still be doing it. But uh, the Overnight Scape Central is potentially winding down. So this may be one of your last, if not your last opportunity to jump in, have your say, and be part of the Overnight Scape Central. The email address for your contribution, as is, has always been, is kpqr.torc at gmail.com. I'll repeat that. kpqr.torc at gmail.com. So uh, let's talk about getting old, uh, whether it's us, what we're doing, or somebody we know. I mean, some of you young people, uh, do you perceive me as getting old and something changing in me? I'm kind of curious, and, and I can take it, so dish it out. Send it in and be part of the Overnight Scape Central. This was a good one. I am glad you tuned in, and I am grateful to all the years that uh, consume. And don't forget the giant, vast, Overnight Scape Underground Archive on archive.org, which contains every single recording uh, by month. And there are these big packages. I mean, you can go back and listen to literally days of the Overnight Scape Central in all sorts of permutations, all sorts of topics back, uh, back in the day. And th I don't think it ages that much. And I think before the 2020 thing and before all this political stuff, there seemed to have been a lighter air about everything. So there's that as well. And uh, it's my legacy. And it's Frank's legacy. And it's everybody's legacy on the Overnight Scape Underground. One of the most fabulous projects in audio history. It's kind of uh, an anthropological look in real time at today and this nostalgia thing that almost all of the hosts have. We're always talking about these things we remember. It's a, kind of like a bunch of Gene Shepherds, but not quite, I don't know, Frank, I would say is comparable to Gene Shepherd. Uh, some of the other hosts, I don't quite hit the mark or don't feel I do. I, I mean, you feel I do. That's great. And I am flattered, but I don't think I'm even capable. I fum for too much. I don't think I could really do professional radio uh, per se. Anyhow, with that, before I completely denigrate myself, uh, let's just call this another fine episode. Thanks for listening. And until we meet again, set the controls for the heart of the fun. <laughs>